we are about to play an interview that took place June 30th, 2021. So over two years ago, it was the day after Lori Vallow was charged in Arizona for conspiring in the murder of her then husband, Charles Vallow. Charles was shot to death on July 11th, 2019 by Lori's brother, Alex Cox. Now we've never played this interview on our podcast before until today. It actually happened before Hidden True Crime even owned microphones for our long-distance Zoom interviews. So forgive the audio from our end. But this week, Lori was extradited to Arizona to finally face murder charges in Charles's death. And we realize it is time to revisit this important conversation with someone in Arizona who saw firsthand her friend's devastating beliefs turn into the unfathomable. Hidden, a true crime podcast. A forensic psychologist and a journalist explore the hidden motives behind unthinkable crimes while examining our deepest fears along the way. Jess is someone I'm grateful we'll finally be able to hear from. She was a close friend of Melanie Pulowski and is a close friend of Brandon Boudreaux. And she'll explain that relationship in more detail at the beginning of this interview. Jess has been one of Hidden True Crime's many reliable sources. Someone we haven't mentioned because she wasn't ready to come forward until now. A disclaimer, Jess shares in this interview personal events how she experienced them, and shares her personal opinions. Both Hidden True Crime and Jess understand that everyone is innocent until proven guilty. At the time of this interview, no charges in the shooting investigation surrounding Brandon Boudreaux have been made, but Arizona police say it is still an active investigation. Jess, will you... Thank you for being here. Um... Will you tell me who you are? Um, to really explain who I am, I guess I have to explain who I'm associated with. Mm-hmm. So my husband, I'm not going to say his name, um, and Brandon are business partners, Brandon Boudreaux. They've been friends for about 12 years. They've been business partners for 11, 10 or 11 years. Um, Melanie, I met Melanie in the fall of 2010. Okay, and, and, and Melanie for everyone is Melanie Pulowski. This was when she was Brandon's wife, correct? Yep, she was Boudreaux. Melanie okay. and I were pretty good friends. We went on a vacation, just the two of us and two of our kids. We would go to concerts. We would, we did a 5k. Um, she would come over regularly. I would go over there regularly. Um, I knew Lori through Melanie, um, mostly at birthday parties, but Melanie was, Lori was such a big part of Melanie's life mm-hmm. that when she's with me, she's talking about Lori. And because I was in her life and she's with Lori, she's talking about me. So when I would see Lori, she wasn't a stranger to me. She was, you know, I I would give her a hug and I 
ask her about the adoption or I would ask her about whatever and she knew stuff about my life. Um, I knew Tylee and JJ very little. Um, again, mostly just from birthday parties, but they would be not really so much Tylee, but they would be uh, playing in the pool. Yeah. Um, Charles and my husband and Brandon my husband was really good friends with Charles. He and Brandon um, and Charles were actually in the process of doing a startup when Charles was killed. Um, just like an additional side business on top of what they were already doing. Then Zach. When Zach was in Arizona, he worked for my husband and Brandon. So I was just kind of in the thick of everything just by association. Mm -hmm. Makes sense, right. You know everyone because of this circle of close friends. You're close with Melanie, you're close with Brandon, they're close with Lori and Charles, and then you're going to know the children. So you you know every player in. Yeah, so the- I never really got to know personally Charles um, or Zach. I know Zach really well. Like without talking to him just because he worked for my husband. Um, but we really didn't talk the two of us. Um, it, the, the business was kind of the hub. Natalie Pulowski, when she was in the process of finding everything, that's where she was calling was the business. They were working with Natalie to try to, um, you, you know what they did. Right. Working with Natalie for that. And um, so it kind of indirectly became this hub of information because that's just where everybody was. Right. Everyone was kind of coming together even just before the public even knew about what was going on. Everyone in Arizona and your circle was sort of coming together and figuring out information. Is that correct? Before this was ever in the media. What is happening? Yeah. So... Um, and it, it was such a crazy thing because it kind of, for me, it starts in 2017, kind of indirectly, because um, I brought home two foster kids in 2017. And then that same year, I got a MRSA infection and I got really, really sick. I almost died. Um, during that time, me and Melanie had a, a little bit of a falling out. I was really angry with her. Um, and then the end of 2018, I was feeling better and she contacted me and she said that she wanted to work it out. And, you know, I'm, I'm not someone that wants to hold a grudge. I don't want to be angry. Um, so she came over in December of 2018 and Mm -hmm. by then she was fully entrenched. Um, and she was telling me about preparing a people Um, the reason she was telling me was because I had been so sick and it was kind of presented as health and wellness. This will help you. This will help you heal. Yeah. Because I was starting to transition into a very organic lifestyle, trying to just do everything I could to be healthy. And so she, she and Lori were getting into that and that's some of the, uh, some of what they would focus on. But as she was telling me about preparing a people, I just, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't 
get on board with it. It was a little too weird. It was a little too, it was too much. It was too much. Well, but what would she tell you when you say alternative healing was there? Um, essential oils involved or was it just blessing like, and spiritual things? It's the spiritual stuff. It's the, um, you know, kind of like the, the stuff that Julie Rowe does, like the energy healing, the energy healing. There's a lot of like pendulum, you know, asking oh. spirits to tell you based on pendulums. Melanie or Lori brought that up to you. Melanie was talking about some things. I can't really say exactly what she was talking about um right now when you know later yeah. I mm -hmm. could but she she was just talking about it and I I just felt like it was too weird I felt like if she was happy if she felt fulfilled then I was happy for her um mm -hmm. and, and I would support her um I told her that if she wanted to give me a pamphlet that I would look at it um or if there was a workshop on clean eating, I would go to that. But then 2019 came and that's when Lori really went off the rails. And that's when Melanie started believing the things that Lori said and getting more involved. When you say go off the rails, what's the difference between 2018 and 2019? What does that mean or look like? 2018 was very quiet. It, it, it was, it was just people going to meetings and listening to podcasts. It was very, that's pretty innocent. Lori. Preparing the people, preparing a people stuff was innocent. From the outside. Okay. From the outside, you know, I know from within that there was starting to be some issues, but from the outside, what I knew about it, it was not a big deal. It was just podcasts and stuff. What you're observing was okay, right? Yeah. Nothing yeah. shocking. Yeah. Sure, sure. It was weird, but it wasn't dangerous. That makes sense. So um, Lori starts saying really odd things, starts doing really odd things. Zach is staying with them. He's telling us about it. Uh, Brandon is going through, you know, the divorce with Melanie and talking about that. And Charles was talking to my husband and to Brandon and to Zach and, you know, everybody just kind of saying what was happening. So we just kind of knew what was happening. But honestly, in the beginning, it was just weird. Like it, it was not threatening. It was, it was just weird. When Lori said, later that she was going to destroy Charles. Even when I heard that, I thought she meant financially or his reputation. I never, ever, I don't think anybody thought that she was going to be violent. And I didn't know that she had threatened his life until he was already gone. Um, it was, it was really crazy though, because, uh, People were getting, starting to, right before Charles died, starting to get worried, like what, what is happening? Mm -hmm. um, I've told you this, my aunt is uh, diagnosed schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. And so when I was a teen, I grew up with that. I'm familiar with that. 
And so when we were going through these things, it was deja vu for me. And I was like, either they're brainwashed or there's some mental health issues. Something changed very drastically in 2019. The day that Charles died, you know, Zach kind of talked about it in his interview. Nobody knew. They didn't tell anybody. That was like, I think it was a Thursday. And that Saturday, Melanie was out of town. Um, my family was just swimming. And Brandon, um, Melanie was moving out. Brandon was just packing. And then he gets a call that Charles has been shot. And he calls my husband. My husband just runs. He's just like, Charles is dead. And I, was, I asked him, who, who shot Charles? And he said, Alex. And I was like, That's, that wasn't self-defense. And he's like, nobody thinks it's self-defense. Nobody he thought it was right away. Yeah, everybody knew that it wasn't self-defense. Brandon was really scared. He was like, I'm going to be next. So he sensed it already. He knew when he found out. So my husband ran off, which was good, you know, to go, to go support Brandon. I was really worried about Tylee and JJ. Um, I, since I've adopted from the foster system, I know that CPS should get involved. Mm-hmm. I thought they did. I was thinking if Tylee and JJ were in danger. It was in the beginning when they had time to talk and then nothing. When you say the beginning, you mean when Charles was shot or before? Yeah, it it was, it was, if they were in danger, it would be while they had time to talk. Um, When I found out that they weren't in the house, when it happened, I was like, okay, so they didn't directly witness the killing. That's what saved them mm-hmm. or humanity, but you know, so months start to go by and we're thinking that they're safe, that Tylee and JJ are safe. Lori leaves. We're all thinking that the, the police are investigating Charles's death, which I guess they didn't for several months. That's what I was told. Um, and then, um, Melanie takes off. We didn't know that Tyler and JJ were even missing in September. And then one day in October, I get a call again. I was at home and my husband says, someone tried to kill Brandon. And um, we're at the police station. He's okay. You lose weight, it comes back. You lose it again, it comes back again. And if this cycle sounds familiar, you're not alone and there is a better way. What if you could take a weekly shot to lose weight and keep it off? That's where Roe comes in. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with lifestyle changes so you can lose weight and keep it off. Roe handles it all, even insurance paperwork. If eligible, you have access to a provider on demand. You can sign up online from home, 
no doctor's visits. Average weight loss, get this, 15 to 20% in a year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria do apply. Go to road.co slash hidden. Sign up today and you will pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's row, R-O dot C-O slash hidden. A quick word from our sponsor. We have hidden gems from all over the world sending us evidence on cases. But when a resurfaced police interview is in Spanish or a witness to the murder speaks Portuguese or an old newspaper clipping is in French, the evidence is literally getting lost in translation. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning app, helping me put true crime into 25 different languages. Rosetta Stone immerses you with no English translations, so you actually really learn to speak and listen and think in that language for a natural learning process. Do not put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Rosetta Stone listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Yes, the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Why do so many dogs suffer from health issues? It turns out that actress Katherine Heigl, who helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says that she is seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health, their food. What she discovered is that the way many dogs' foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw a huge transformation in their health. She has made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing and see incredible changes in their dog's health. Look, John and I are dog lovers and are currently searching for the perfect family edition and how to keep them healthy and happy. So if we can help keep your best friend healthy too, we are happy. Go to badlandfood.com dot com slash hidden true crime and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash hidden true crime. And Brandon, to me, I in Arizona, most of us don't have any family. So we kind of become each other's family. You're all transplants. And so you find your community. Right. Mm-hmm. So for Brandon to be in danger to me would be like if someone said someone shot at my brother. Yeah. And so it was really obviously upsetting. And I think one of the most upsetting things was my husband said, um, Brandon's flying out tomorrow. Can he stay with us tonight? And I was like, of course he can. And then I was like, wait can he which felt horrible if your friend's life is in danger you have to consider if helping them puts your family in danger Mm -hmm. and and it was a really horrific thought and um then i just said uh just sneak him in sneak him in because we got to keep our family safe. We have to help Brandon. So um, 
that night they came and I can't really describe what Brandon looked like. Um, it was awful. It was awful. Can you try to explain? Was it, was it emotions that you saw or what? He, he looked like a ghost. He looked like, he looked like he was going to break, but he has four kids. Sorry, go ahead. He has four kids. You, you can't have a mental breakdown. And um, I just, I ran over to him and, and I hugged him and he, he hugged me so tight. And I, I <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to cry. It was awful. It was awful. Um, he flew out the next day. And, um, With the and, then it, and then it started. And then the horror started because Brandon's on the run. And um, he's on the run with his kids. I... I kind of told this to you and it's not something I really talk about, but one of the hardest things for me in this situation is that I was really good friends with Melanie and I want her to be innocent so badly, even still. And I don't believe she is. Um, so to me, Melanie died too. My friend died too. And Lori, the Lori that I knew. And nobody wants to hear that. I, I mean, no one is all good and no one is all bad. And so when all these things are happening, I remember the good things. I know really good things about these people, but I can't ignore reality. But it's been hard because I'm mourning somebody that's alive. She's dead, but she's alive. Okay. That's a good description. Makes sense. We, um, we were really scared. I called my husband uh, about an hour ago. I said, we're visiting my mom and my husband isn't here. That's why I had to call him. Um, and I was like, I want your perspective, you know, in retrospect, what you felt like it was like for October, November, December, because I know for me, it was really scary and it was really intense. And um, he said that he didn't feel like it was quite as scary as I found it, which is fair. Um, you know, we all have our own perspective, but um, people were really, really scared of Alex, especially after Tammy died. And Melanie and Alex and people like Melanie Gibb 
we're watching our houses and Melanie showed up with Alex Melanie at Gibbs. friend's house. Melanie, Melanie Pulowski. Okay, okay, thank you. Melanie Pulowski showed up with Alex. Yeah, to one of our friend's houses who wow. was so scared that she almost packed up and left. When was that? That was in October. Before or after Tammy died, because Tammy died in October. I don't remember for sure. Okay. And that's when they were living in Rexburg then. So they like came down to Arizona. Yeah. And they went over to your friend's house. Wow. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to talk about this because there's so much. There's so much that happened. You know, to me, it's not a timeline. It's it's days and weeks and hours and minutes of things that were happening. Um, in October as well, Mel Melanie Plowski put a Facebook post up asking people to help her find Brandon and the kids. I've seen that Facebook post. You've seen it? Mm -hmm. um, so you probably saw my comments. Mm -hmm. um, Why don't you share a bit of that? Yeah, I've never talked to you about this. Yeah. Um, I, at that point, was convinced that Lori and Alex and Chad were behind the shooting of Brandon. And obviously, Tammy's death. And um, by then, you know, we're, we know that Tylee and JG are missing. Uh, for everyone um, I, to understand, too, this is still before any of us knowing. Like, nobody so knew. Nobody, the media came out in December. We're talking right after Tammy's death, right? You guys, there's stuff happening. You guys are all talking, the information hub. So, okay, go ahead. People just kept dying. People kept dying and nobody did anything about it. And, and you knew that Tylee and JJ were missing too. Did you guys think that they were, did you guys think the worst? I would... kind of both we knew they were capable of murder but they're kids so i just really was like hoping that they were in a bunker safe but they'd already killed so many people that it was always a possibility but when it's kids you really have extra hope that they will not hurt them um but melanie put out that Facebook post. And at that point, I, I really didn't know how I felt about whether she was guilty or not. Um, she had been ignoring my texts for a while, um, which was odd because she knows that when my friends get divorced, I don't pick sides. So it was odd for her to ignore my texts, um, which looked bad to me. Like, why wouldn't she talk to me? And then she put out that post and um, because I wasn't sure, but I knew I didn't want Brandon to be found. Um, I was trying to convince everybody not to tell her where, where Brandon and the kids were. And um, Brandon in hiding, Brandon is a really good person. And I don't think he could have survived if he wasn't because he 
he had so many people helping him. I think when the full story eventually comes out, it will blow people's minds because the amount of people that were willing to step up for Brandon's sake is, I don't want to say shocking because I know Brandon, but surprising to, I, get, I think, the everyday person. Average person. It was impressive, the, the amount of people. And right. when you say helping, are you, do you mean hiding him? Hiding him. Okay. Um, we, we did some things. I don't know how much I can say, so I have to be careful. But um, A Facebook we, post, I have many people have been able to see it as long as they have one mutual friend with Melanie Pulowski. So it's fairly public. Yeah, that's not what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking more of like what was done to protect Brandon. Yeah. Just a lot was done. We personally um, basically told Brandon, whatever you need, tell us, we'll do it. And then did our best to follow through on that. Um, but there was a lot of people, friends all over the United States. He could have gone out of the country if he wanted to. Mm -hmm. And... Um, because I wanted to talk to Melanie, I made a point to not know where Brandon was. Telling the truth to me is always really important and Melanie knows that. I wanted to talk to her and I wanted to be able to tell her that I didn't know where Brandon was and have it be truthful. Mm -hmm. So even though I could find out and that my husband knew, I purposely made a point not to know so that I could talk to her. After that Facebook post, um, she did she did text me back. She was frustrated. Um, and I answered her and I was like, you know, I'm not taking sides. I'm not blaming you. I'm not saying it's your fault. I just think it's a really bad idea to say where somebody is when they've got a shooter after them. Regardless. What month is this? November. Tammy's been killed. The children have been killed. We know now. You didn't know then, but we know now. And Charles has been killed. So everyone at this point. Okay. So I actually said to her, I was like, Melanie, you don't even know if you're safe. What makes you think that you are going to be an exception? You've got to step away from these people. And she just, she just didn't feel the way I felt about it, about the situation. And um, we ended up talking for hours about the situation. Um, I wanted her to tell me my, tell me her side. And um, I, re I really wanted her to be innocent. And I really felt like Brandon could be telling the truth and Melanie could be telling the truth. Mm -hmm. um, she, she got married. Alex got married. Um, the people at the office stopped going in. A lot of them stopped going in. Um, Zach had left with his dad a while before, which was good because I think Zach and his dad were probably would not have survived. Zach, and we're talking about Zach and Adam Cox. Yeah, I don't think. And I asked my husband earlier, I said, do you think like I do, that they would have taken them out. And he said, absolutely. And the main reason I think that is because in the video where the cops are talking to Lori, 
And she says, my brother's trying to kill me. And she's referencing Adam. Um, Right. What do we know about Lori? Everything that she accuses someone else of doing, she is always doing. If she's accusing Adam of trying to kill her, I am positive she was after him. Yeah. And in that same body cam footage, she also said that Kay wanted insurance money or something, which, right, again, projection. Right. So, yeah, well said. Her brother's trying to kill her. Interesting. Right. What does that mean? Yeah, I really think, I really think had the media not stepped in, in especially, I don't think that the authorities did a whole lot. None of us felt safe um, to the point that some people wouldn't even go to work anymore. They were afraid that Alex would show up and shoot everybody in the office. Some people wouldn't even go. And at this time, while everyone is so fearful of Alex, Melanie is hanging out with Alex and visiting friends and with Alex. going to people's houses. With Alex. And, and when she yeah. went to that friend's house, I just, was that October also? Did we, we hear that? So we said October, so that means every death. JJ yeah. and Kylie have been killed. Again, Tammy has been killed. Charles has been killed. And, they're, and, then, and then Melanie Pulowski and Alex are showing up at a friend's house together. Like what? And we know that she's got people watching us. She was trying to find Brandon. She was trying to find the kids. Um, she calls them angel warriors, people that would follow people and take pictures and send them to her um, of wherever they thought Brandon might be. She had um, angel warriors following Brandon, taking photos of the kids. If they were trying to find Brandon, they were following us. Trying to find Brandon. Following you to figure it out. Right. So So warriors from Rexburg or Arizona or. I don't know. And when you say you mentioned Melanie Gibb too, are you, did you just say Melanie Gibb was watching your house? I don't know if Melanie Gibb was watching my house, but I know that she was sent to Brandon's house after the shooting. So I assume she was one of the people, but I don't know. I've never asked her. Yeah. You don't know. Why was she sent to Brandon's house after the shooting? Um, I don't remember. Did she like it ring his doorbell, talk to him, or she drive by or? She, she knocked on a neighbor's door and asked about Brandon because after the shooting, he left. We packed him up and he, he left. So I don't know if they didn't know that he wasn't staying in that house anymore or what but he was long gone. Interesting. Somebody asked her to go for something and we don't totally. Melanie asked her to go. Yeah. Find out. Melanie Pulowski asked Melanie Gibb to go find out where he was. Right. Right. And so she knocked on a neighbor's door and found out about the shootings. I guess nobody bothered to tell her. When you had that very long conversation with Melanie Pulowski after the Facebook post again, we're talking October, multiple deaths. Well, the phone call ended up, that was November 7th or 8th. Wow. Okay. So at this point, the children have been missing for a long time. She hasn't seen her niece and nephew for a long time. Charles is dead. Brandon's been shot out. So what was her side? I mean, when you would say, where are the kids? Did you bring up where are the missing kids? Because she kind of implied in an interview with Nate Eaton that she never really noticed the kids were missing. Is that true? 
she she basically said a lot of what her family said to the news that she didn't know but she trusted Lori and she believed that they were okay which I don't think is true I don't think that's accurate I think that's what she told me um but that is what she said okay and that's that was her story with you too. that was her story okay um um, it wasn't until the media got involved and Alex died. That was the first time in two or three months that we felt safe. That's the first time that I stopped, you know, double checking, are all my windows locked? Are all my blinds closed? Is anybody following me? Is there somebody on my street? Um, we could finally breathe. People felt like they could go back to work. I hadn't let my kids go to anybody's houses or let anybody come over um, just because it, it felt wrong. You know, if I didn't know if we were safe, I was not going to put anybody in danger. So we were just unavailable and I just didn't give a reason why. Mm-hmm. So my kids didn't go anywhere. Nobody came over um, except people that were already in the thick of it. We would all hang out together. Probably getting um, closer going through this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, we are really grateful for the media, really grateful for the public support. I, I don't think, I think a lot more people would have died if the public hadn't been so interested. What, uh, what was it that finally took the media to say, okay, was it the welfare check in Rexburg with Kay? Because you guys were talking to Kay, right? You, you, as I recall, Kay has said that she was communicating with Brandon about Tammy's death, right? They called and said, Tammy's dead now. They knew about Tammy. When Tammy died, Brandon made a point to contact everybody. Contact Kay, contact um, the police in Rexburg, contact the police in Gilbert and Chandler. Brandon was like, these are all connected. These are not separate incidents. Put it together. Realize what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it still took. It still took two more months. Yeah. And no autopsy on Tammy. and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, I mean, it, it was such a bizarre thing that people were dying so many people were dying and so many people were scared and disappearing and nothing was happening and everybody was so scared it was just this waiting game of when is somebody going to care enough to help us yeah was the media not it was just nobody connecting the dots like no police no media or, or or were they listening and then saying we're we're trying our best Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days, feeling like styles have changed so much? Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. I signed up, I took a style quiz, and they offered suggestions that would best match me. The more I rent, the more on point the styles get. Whether you are planning a date night, packing for a conference, or headed to a black tie event, you will have the perfect outfit without facing a fitting room with fluorescent lights. With my Armoire clothing rental, I feel brave trying new styles 
details because I know it's not forever. It's just for a week or a month. And my favorite thing, having someone else do my laundry when I'm ready for new clothes. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash hidden true crime. That's armoire.style slash A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash hidden true crime to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. A quick word from our sponsor. Mother's Day is just around the corner and I want to tell you about a very special book. It's called mylifeinabook.com. It's a service that also turns your mom's life stories into a book. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your mom a question via email and then your mom types her responses or record her voice and mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, her adventures, her strength and perseverance after losing John's mom just a few months ago. Sharing her stories helps us keep her memory alive. And so we've gifted mylifeinabook.com to family members. My dad is legally blind and typing can be tedious when you can't see, but my dad can actually record his answers with voice and mylifeinabook.com transcribes his audio. It's been an enjoyable thing for my dad to tell his stories and his book is almost done. I don't think there is any gift that matters more than preserving our stories. Stories change us and teach us about what we value most. This service now puts our stories into the most beautiful, high-quality book. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code HIDDENTRUECRIME at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code HIDDENTRUECRIME for 10% off today. While Chad Dable's attorney complains of Tammy Dable going through menopause in the courtroom, most women can relate to her experience. Many of us know it can be hard to find comfort in our own bodies, experience cravings or depression, but Hormone Harmony is an all-in-one hormonal balancing solution for women of all ages. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier, and that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any women with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it is perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code hidden true crime at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code hidden true crime for 15% off today. So I don't know about the media specifically. I think Kim, Larry, no. I think they were the ones that kind of instigated the media, which was great. Mm-hmm. And I wish that we had thought about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the police were the ones that, especially Brandon was really pushing. Um, but they, it, it was like nobody, it was like nobody believed that it was an issue and you can, go back and look at the videos of Charles begging for help saying she's going to kill me and nobody did anything. Right. It was like that for like nine months. Right. Right. Did, uh, when you say that you were good friends with Melanie and with Lori and that things were normal or seemed normal from an observer from the outside in 2018, and everything changed in 2019. 
what what do you mean what changed so i wasn't really good friends with lori we had a good relationship but i was close to melanie not lori okay every yeah so i just want to clarify that yeah um I really don't know how to fully explain it other than to go back to the, my aunt was schizophrenic, is schizophrenic. Um, it, it, it was just like that. Just at first things are weird. People are doing and saying weird things. The whole Ed Schneider thing, the whole um, light and dark, the things that came out to the public later, we found out about in like June, July. So we knew about it way before, like the, the rating systems. Um, we were hearing about um, people that were leaving their marriages because Chad said that they were married to other people. So then they would start sleeping together even though they were married and they justified it by saying, well, this was my spouse from another life. Um, we were hearing stories about um, about events. I don't know if this is true. This is just what we heard about that uh, psychedelics were involved. Um, it's just a lot of odd stuff and you don't know what was rumor and what was real except for what we could find solid evidence on. Um, back then, LDS Freedom Forum was a good source of info on Chad. We didn't know a lot about Chad other than that Lori was cheating on Charles with Chad and that he was a big cause of all of what was going on in the catalyst. Um, but a lot of what we found out about Chad was through LDS Freedom Forum, people talking about the five or six years leading up into um, the things that Chad was teaching up until him claiming, you know, that he's a prophet and whatnot. And the transition from that, the train dream that everybody talks about that was on there. Yeah. And to clarify for everyone, there's a train dream that's infamous that Chad wrote that essentially kind of talks about church leadership falling away, right? And implies right. And what's, new leaders. The, the train dream was so ridiculous. It, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a really boring read. I mean, it had some interesting parts, but it was long. Let's just, well, it was the long. Whole, the whole point of the train dream was Chad trying to claim that he's a prophet approved of by, uh, there's a prophet, uh, President Snow. And he's indicating in the dream that this prophet was the last real prophet and that he approves of Chad. And also like Chad was supposedly seated with like, <laughs> like prolific authors, which was hilarious. If yes. you've ever read any he was seated with, um, Right. I, I know some of the authors, Deseret Book authors, these, he called them prolific. They're LDS Mormon based authors that he was seated really with. Right. Right. It's funny. Like if you read what he writes, he's such a terrible author. <laughs> yes. Um, 
So that's interesting. So I've heard a lot. I've heard about some spouse swapping stories. You were hearing that, seeing it was, did Melanie tell you she was a part of that at all or? No, no. During that summer, that's when she was ignoring me. Okay. So that was more the, the cult. We were calling it the cult and we were trying to figure out what was going on, what they believed in, what they were doing. Cause we wanted to help Melanie. Um, Lori had already killed Charles by then. Um, so, you know, if we could get Melanie away from Lori before she made any mistakes or got in too deep, we wanted to, but I mean, she didn't want to talk to anybody. She wasn't listening. She, she wasn't interested. So it just gave us some information to understand what we were dealing with. Um, which was, which was scary, but helpful. Mm -hmm. So I want to try to process everyone's parts of this. It seems like it was Chad's belief system. Would you agree with that a little bit? Or, I mean, I'm sure that that was a group effort too, because I know that Julie Rowe and Chad has some similar beliefs, but Chad, it was Chad's um, belief system. Lori, you felt was kind of pulling Melanie Plowski in a little bit because you said you wanted her away from Lori. She was kind of, um, do you think that Chad and Lori and Melanie all believed this? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. What I can't decide is if it was mental illness, brainwashing or psychedelics because you know, like I said, I, I'm mourning someone that's alive, but dead. Mm-hmm. The people that I knew, especially Melanie, not so much Lori, um, it, it, it goes against who she was. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how else it could happen. Melanie did a lot of really kind things for people. She gave away a, an SUV worth like $35,000 to a family that she felt like was in need. She just gave them the title. Yeah. So it's hard to reconcile somebody that would hand over a $35,000 car out of the goodness of their heart with what happened. Yeah, yeah. And the girl that I went on vacation with. And I think that they have to believe this stuff. It was applied to that Zach Cox uh, interview with uh, Justin Lum. Zach said that, you know, Alex gave him a Chad Daybell book and said, read this. You know, I'll give you 100 bucks. Almost like Alex really believed it too. I thought that was interesting. I can see where you're going. Um, no, I mean, I think, I think they believed it too. I do too. The, the research that I did on Chad, trying to understand what was going on. What I took out of it was that he published for Julie. Julie did well. Mm-hmm. Then he published what was supposedly fiction mm-hmm. um, that did well. And then all of a sudden fiction is fact. 
he's claiming that these near-death experiences are fact. And first it's one, and then it's two, and I think it ended up being three, suddenly are fact. And I think that he knows that's crap. I think he wanted the attention. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he was convincing, trying to convince people that he's a prophet, I think he does believe that. I think the other details, not so much. I think he made up the light and dark just out of the blue based on there's, there's some rating system from something. I can't remember what it was. There's the light and dark and then there's the pendulum and then there's um, who's who in past life and who you're related to um, and who your children are. Mm-hmm. Was, and he was telling Melanie this stuff too. Yeah. The way that they really pulled everybody in was, I think, the way that all cults do. And I think that you guys have talked about this in, in your podcast. I try to listen to all of them. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's through you guys that I heard this. But um, it's they, they go after a lot of people that are needing to matter needing to be important and that definitely was Lori and it was definitely absolutely Melanie and and I know for Melanie like when she was talking to me about it in 2018 that's what she said to me she said um things to try to pull at I guess my ego Mm -hmm. um in a very subtle way that you're special, you're unique. I think that, I think that you're one of the few people that would get this. Um, for me, I don't, I don't need outside approval. Um, I was fortunate to have very secure attachment in my life. And so I don't really need that. Um, so to me, it, it was kind of an odd thing to say because these people don't know who I am. They don't know if I'm special. They don't, you know, like, right. It was was odd, but it was something that she needed. She needed to be important. She needed to be the things that Chad told her she was. So in other words, she didn't have that secure attachment that you had. She didn't. She didn't. She, in a lot of ways, I feel really bad for her because she was so traumatized by what happened with her mom. Um, she just, she just was suffering from that. And Lori was such a big part of her life because Lori filled the pieces she was missing. Well, that would make sense. Lori was her mother's sister. Her mother was Stacy. And wasn't it Lori that even called Melanie to tell her her mother had passed away? Because I recall Melanie saying in a Facebook group or Facebook post once. And so if that's true, Lori would play a big role in her part, a mother figure type role to her would make sense. So Melanie knew her dad or her, it's not her dad, her mom died. Yes. She was, she told me that the timelines were different. So what Lori told her versus what her other family told her were different. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So she was really upset by that. I don't know which one is correct, um, but I know she's really upset about that. 
and somehow when she was told about her mother's death something wasn't truthful right somebody i don't i don't know who um but um it, it was hard for her and she trusted lori lori really was very motherly to her very yeah much so. you know i want to talk about that actually because lori literally would talk about her like she was her, her daughter in the recording of Lori's testimony at Melanie Gibbs home when she's infamously says I, I wanted to murder Joe Ryan she says something about how sad she was going to be to move to Hawaii because she would leave her baby and her baby's babies mm -hmm. I'm like well you're not leaving Tylee there's only no none of your babies have babies and my first thought was she's talking about Melanie Pulaski so there are many times that she's referring to Melanie Pulaski as her daughter and then Chad gave her an email that was saying who their kids were in past lives and Melanie Pulaski was one of them so what you're saying resonates to me that yes Lori was like a mother figure to Melanie Pulaski she, she was and that's why um Melanie always talked about her it's it's anytime you're really good friends with somebody you start to get to know their family like um you know when when everything happened with brandon that's who i was thinking of um was was his family and the first time i saw his family after the shooting i just went to his mom and i just started bawling and um i just was like i'm sorry I'm sorry that we couldn't stop this, which is crazy because it's not like we could have, but. Right. And you did a lot to protect him and help him and support him. When we get really upset about it, I have to remind myself that Brandon and his kids could have been five more. A couple, was it one of them at least, or two of them labeled dark? Brandon's children, two of them. And we know what happens when people are labeled dark. I think if they hadn't left, that they could have been killed. I think it's a really good thing that he left with yeah. the kids. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Super Beats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you think Melanie was just kept in the dark and kind of innocent? Like, or just like, how about this, ignorant? Or do you feel like she knows or do you want to plead the fifth on that? I I want her to be innocent still. I just don't know that the facts point to that. And I try to be a realist. I don't want to go by how I feel and what I want. Um, If the day comes where Melanie turns out to be innocent, I will call her and apologize. Um, and, and try to make up that relationship, but I don't think that will happen. How did you feel about the news coming out yesterday about charges and Charles's death? What were your feelings? So every time, every time there's a new development, um, I, I, it's so good, but I struggle. I can't decide if the level of trauma that I have with this is even deserved. <laughs> You know, like, should I be this traumatized by it? But um, whether I should be or not, I don't know. Uh, but anytime something new comes out, I kind of regress a little bit into um, being really emotional. So um, I had a lot of anxiety and I was pretty emotional, even though it's a good thing. Um I, I don't know why I do that. Your husband probably knows. Um, I think I it's probably I trauma. I think that would be called trauma. Yeah. yeah. It would be us reacting to trauma and remembering, you know? I think that's it. I think I'm a very visual person. And I think harder than my own fear was the people around me. and. Um, when I am struggling, it's not because I'm so much reliving the fear as I'm remembering everybody's faces. Mm-hmm. I'm remembering Brandon's face. I'm remembering his family's faces. I'm remembering just everybody's faces and how scared they were. And it just kind of, it just kind of repeats. I, uh, I, got a lot of trauma therapy for it and it's a little easier i i kind of channeled it into music i have an album i call pavlov's tears mm-hmm. um it's actually half korean half english which i did on purpose because if i can't understand all of it like nobody nobody makes music about surviving a serial killer in a pandemic so <laughs> So I needed something to channel, <laughs> to channel my feelings. So it's, it's actually called mono, but um, I, I called it Pavlov's Tears. And every time I listened to it, I would cry. And then when it was over, it was over. And then I just couldn't cry anymore. And that's, that still works pretty good. So like yesterday, I was listening to the album to just get it out. That makes sense. 
it would make sense. I want to say you're pretty normal. It would make sense that when a development happens, that it would be traumatic and you'd feel some old feelings again. It's a process. It's that's normal. It's normal. Um, Justin Lum, reporter, Justin Lum in Arizona, shared today that uh, Brandon's attempted murder is still being investigated. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Is that relief? Is that fear because of what that might mean or who might be charged? Um, I feel pretty calm about it. Um, I feel pretty confident that, that they will prosecute. Um, and I feel pretty confident about who they're going to prosecute. And I feel pretty confident that, um, you know, the right people will be held accountable. I hope that I'm wrong about one of them. I hope that she's not involved, but I, I think she is. You're preparing yourself. But I, I, I feel like it will happen. The timeline, as long as it happens, they're tied up in Idaho anyway. Mm-hmm. So as long as it happens, I can be okay with it taking a while. And as long as they don't give up, and they do a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've heard about Chad Daybell books. We've heard about Denver's snuffer books being read. What was being read by Melanie Plowski? She didn't tell me. She never told me. She, I talked to her again in that January. She never mentioned it. Um, and then soon after I talked to her, they found... We knew that Lori was in Hawaii. That wasn't a surprise. Yeah. Most people knew, right? Except for the public that she was in Hawaii. No. So that was a big surprise to the public, but everybody knew where where Lori was. Um, When Nate Eaton interviewed, not interviewed, tried to interview Lori, and she wouldn't say that the kids were alive. That's the first time that I was like, I don't think they're in a bunker. Hopefully they are, but I don't think they're in a bunker. And it really scared me. Um, and that's, that's when I stopped talking to Melanie on the phone. Um, and then after the kids' bodies were found, um, we were still friends on Facebook. She kept shutting down her account and then joining up again. Um, she posted on her wall the same thing that she posted to um the the news the 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 press release and um i know that she loved her cousins and i know that whatever she believes about their death and whether it's right or wrong or whatever she loves those cousins so at first i said you know i'm sorry for your loss whatever and, and then it just, I was just angry. I was just so angry. So I deleted it and I wrote, do you still support Lori? Because I had to know. And um, Ian's family, they, they started replying. They were infantile, sending me gifts and calling me stupid or whatever it was just it was ridiculous i just blocked them all like calling you stupid and sending you gifts oh gifts i thought you said gifts yeah Yeah. like 
like, how could you ask such a stupid question? I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is the only question we need to know. Yeah. And, um, and even still then, I still was hoping she wasn't involved. And um, I, I blocked Ian's family so they couldn't keep commenting. Yeah. And I just wrote, we've been friends for a decade. I deserve this. I have the right to hear from my friend for a decade if she supports Lori. And she wrote a really long response, non-response back. Um, Has she always done that, by the way? Because she had a lot of non-responses in interviews, too. She, you know what's funny about the interviews is I... I encouraged her to do them because, because I figured if she was innocent, that it would, it would help. And if she was guilty, then it would help the police. Well done. Uh, so she's probably not happy with me about that because that did not go well for her. Anyway, I interrupted you. She responded with a very long non-response. She responded with a very long non-response. She didn't used to talk like that. Um, th that's really just been since she started hanging out with Chad and Lori and all those guys. Um, but she basically said, I don't support murder, if that's what you're asking. And I'm like, of course, that's what I'm asking. Um, but she said, Lori's not been found guilty. And until she's been found guilty, I'm going to support her. And I, 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 I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And then she blocked me. That's the last I talked to her. It was a year ago. Wow. wow. You're a mother, though, you know, and, and you have fostered children. You've adopted. I mean... I, when when Lori wouldn't say that her kids were alive, it was the most unbelievable thing. I think there was nothing that surprised me more than that. How a parent could not even say my child is alive is horrific. That's horrific. Yeah, I remember that interview. Didn't she say that's great? You know, when she, when Nate Eaton said, "I think that is," they said, "People are praying for you," and she said, "That's great." Yeah, that's all she said. Yeah. It was disgusting. Um, thank you for sharing what you know. I've learned a lot. I I think it's really valuable. You're coming forward, and I'm really honored that you trust me and John you know, and us a hidden. Um, can I ask, yeah, I, I, you know, I ask everybody this. Why have you decided to do this interview? Speak up for the first time. So for the past two years, people have wanted to hear about it. Um, but there's a few reasons why not only I haven't been talking, but other people haven't been talking. Um, part of it is you need time to understand what is valuable in the prosecution. 
because nobody wants to mess that up. Um, you don't want to accidentally say something that can affect that. That's part of it. I think people are severely traumatized. Um, the, this thing with Alex, the stalking thing with Alex, that's not the first time I've been stalked. It's the third. And so I've got a lot of additional trauma surrounding stalking. And there was a lot of people showing up, you know, that had YouTube channels or whatever, wanting, surprising people showing up at their house, wanting to get some sort of scoop. And people were really forgetting that we're real people and that we're highly traumatized and especially having people show up um, is hard. It's, it, it, it sets off panic because you flash back to Alex. Um, so that there is a lot, I think also I couldn't talk about it without crying. This it's been two years. This is, I'm, I, this might be one of the only times I've talked about it without absolutely losing it. It takes time to even be able to talk about it because it's so emotional. Mm -hmm. um, especially after they found the kids' bodies. I really, I really kind of lost it for a few months, like emotionally. Even when I wondered if they killed the kids, I didn't think for one second that they would mutilate their bodies. And I had always believed that my kids were safe. And when, the, when they found the kids, I started picturing my kids as those kids. And I couldn't, couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't handle it. So it took time. I, I needed therapy personally. I can't speak for anyone else. I needed a lot of therapy. I, I had to learn how to, when I feel the feelings come up, so I don't burst into tears, like how to handle it. Um, I, if I'd tried to talk a year ago, I would have, I would have just cried through the whole thing. Yeah. And I think truthfully, you don't know in the beginning who genuinely cares and who just wants attention. And I also didn't want personally a lot of attention or any attention. I felt like the story needed to be told, but I didn't want people showing up at my house, things like that. Um, you just, you don't wanna trust the wrong person and have them make, you know, put you back where you're scared. So I spent a lot of time listening to you guys, listening to the news, listening to, and just kind of made a short list of who I would ever trust to talk about it. And it's short, less than five people, really three, three people. 
So that's why I think the public needs to know what happened. I think we, I think we owe the public that in return for the fact that without them caring about the case, I think a lot of people would have died. And if people are gonna care enough that it's going to keep us safe, we should tell them what happened. I tell every person that comes forward um, that I'm honored to interview, um, thank you for your bravery. It's not fun to want to talk. Um, what I've uncovered covering this case is that it is deep and it has layer after layer after layer. You know, you know how they say to peel the, the onion back? There's like 50 onions here. And that it's dangerous and that we need to stop the cycle, that there are things still happening. And the best way to stop it is for people coming forward that don't necessarily want to come forward. And so I'm, I'm grateful and I'm honored that you were, you know, two years later. Um, thank you for being brave and sharing. And I hope that it lifts a bit of a burden from you too, that I hope it lifts something off of your heart. Um, I hope it's okay to share this, if not I'll edit it, but you sent me a beautiful poem that you wrote and it was incredible. It was a beautiful poem. And, you know, those are the type of things, like, I hope that that helped you in writing that. It was, it was very heartfelt and very emotional. And I hope that being able to finally talk about it and get some things out also helps. Yeah, you can, you can share. Okay. okay. So with your permission, I will share that poem. Thank you. The Murderers in Our Midst by Jess. How does a murderer hide so well? Your smile kept you cloaked. Your ugly mind and black heart between kind words you often spoke. Where have I been all this time? In the darkness, my broken heart. All that happened before my eyes, the destruction of a life's art. How did you hide so completely? What a joke you must think I am. Do you laugh when you think of me, the blind fool that I am? I once thought you held me so dear. Your secrets I once thought I knew. Lips once closed, it's time to tell. This gaping hole in my chest, raw from the burning fire. My fear and grief too much. I cannot escape the scalding pyre. I cannot find the strength to stand. Cannot find the person in the mirror. What have you done to the girl I was? If I find her again, will I fear her? The monster I thought I escaped became the person at my side. How did I not see the change, all your darkness you did hide? Your smile was once so sweet, now the image makes me ill. I will never forgive myself, my thoughts will forever spill. Time will pass as it always has, but I will stay the same. Burdened with my hatred, who of us deserves this shame? I wish I had seen it, the danger that you possess. But instead of this, I loved you, full of agony, I do confess. The pit in my stomach grows, heavier each passing day. 
Forever I will carry it, never to be tossed away. A fool then and a fool later, the joke I see in my reflection. Behind these pretty eyes, all I see is your destruction. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.